And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luca. The timing sucks because the maps are ass. But did you see his no look pass? Whoa! 77 minutes in heaven. Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. I've been out and about, taking some vacation time, catching up on uh, sleep and friends and all of those things that happen when you go through a bit of a new cycle over the course of a couple weeks, which I think anybody listening to this is, is uh, pretty aware. But we're back. I don't know. I don't even know how many weeks it's been. Maybe three or four weeks, something like that. But uh, we'll have a few pods here as free agency gets going. Uh, the draft is this week, even though uh, it kind of feels like a team without draft picks on draft night is like a, it's like a high school kid looking through a window at all of his high school classmates having a lot of fun at a party. And so maybe, uh, maybe the Mavs sneak in at the very end, but the fun's dying down. What fun is there in that? Anyway, 77 Minutes is the only Mavericks podcast that is so bad, it forces one of its co-hosts completely away from the company. But we still have Mike Pellucci, D Magazine's new sports oh, editor. He worked out some, worked out some behind-the-scenes details, and you're here, and you will continue being here for as long as we can keep you. How are you, Mike? How's your new job? I'm good, man. I'm well. Uh, I'm here in perpetuity, let's say. I'm happy to be here because I love you guys and I love this show and I love you beautiful listeners at home. Uh, but yes, I do work for D Magazine now. We are going to be launching a new sports vertical uh, in, you know, let's say short order towards the end of the summer, um, which you should read because we have some killer writers, just like you should keep reading The Athletic because there are killer writers here. There's a lot of room in, uh, in Dallas sports. So read us all, but I'm thrilled to be here uh, and be a part of this thing. And uh, yeah, contrary to rumors, uh, otherwise, I did not leave because I just can't stand Tim Cato. That isn't why I no longer work at The Athletic. Even though we were joined at the hip for like two years, um, I am here because I love this furry, furry creature and uh, we can still do this podcast together ahead of a very eventful offseason. I'm assuming it'll be eventful. If it's not eventful, that means that there are some other... In the big picture, that means it's eventful. Because if nothing happens, probably something's going to happen down the road that you're not going to like. Re- reports that uh, you left because of me are just just bullshit. So completely unsubstantiated. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't even view us as like I, I may be friendly rivals. Like I think we do. I think D Magazine does unique and different things in a different way. Uh, you actually yeah. said on your intro podcast with the D Magazine podcast. 
your like D magazine cover sports in a very unique way. And I tend to agree. I have a yeah. few bylines over there over the years, did some freelancing right up out of college for them. I'm a big fan of everyone over there and there's a lot of room. There's a lot of room in this market and, uh, you clearly are not encroaching on a beat writing status. I think, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do stuff like that because you are the exactly. best beat writer in the city. Uh, and why would I try to do a version of that? We're going to do our own thing, but I think it's going to be very complimentary in a lot of ways to coverage you guys are doing. Um, I think it's going to have a different voice, different perspective, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be smart and it's going to be well done, which the same could be said for the athletic. So again, read us both. No reason not to. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you challenge me, let's let's just like joust it out, okay? Yeah, we'll get some horses. Yeah. We'll get the uh, the state issued Twitch. horses. Stream out you know, Twitch. you move yeah. you move to Texas, you get a state issued horse. We'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll get some. Uh, that is how this works. We'll get, we'll get some uh, joust 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 is the action. It can be what is the uh, what is what is the what is a weapon itself though? Well, it's I think it's also the the yeah I think the, it's the also called a joust verb yeah. Okay. Yeah, I well, think so. we'll 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 make some out of like uh like pool uh uh what do you call those pool little noodles? noodles little, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll exactly, exactly. We're gonna um, we're gonna get inflatable unicorns for the pool. Nice touch yes. for, for Mavericks reasons, unicorn. There it is. And we're gonna we get a joust with those pool noodles. Uh, I am for total content supremacy, and we'll stream am, it on Twitch, and you guys can watch. I am covering the end of my pool noodle in sriracha, though. Um, Ooh, that's sad. just a fair warning. Yeah, okay. I do not right. play. I do not play by rules. The okay. Mavericks do play by rules, as far as we can tell. Just like the other twenty-nine teams, they're negotiating. CBA, it's a thing. It is. It is a. It is a funny period of everybody pretending they are not tampering. Uh, this is. This is not in reference to any single thing the Mavericks are doing. It's just a funny period, and I was trying to make a clever transition, which. Uh, you know, it kind of ruins it when you uh, when you announce the clever transition itself. But uh, here we are. Hey, it's the offseason, uh, all right? You know exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you get it. Um, there's a new front office in place with uh, with Nico Harrison, and there are a lot of ideas about how the Mavericks are headed into the future. A lot of rumors and buzz about different targets they might have. Let's just do like briefly just a recap of the various different things that we've heard about um, that that have been reported out there. What do you make of the idea that Mavericks are going to go pretty hard after Kawhi? I think that jives with. So let me back up here. I think one of the most fascinating things that we are going to learn about this organization after you take away one of its principal actors and Donnie Nelson, another one of the principal actors are Carlisle, who isn't necessarily involved in all the you know, the transaction elements and player personnel, all that, but at the same time has a very important voice or had an important voice. The stuff that we took for granted about what we thought we knew with this organization's strengths and weaknesses, I don't know if we can take that as a, a strength and weakness. For instance, what did this front office historically do really well? Well, they were very good at making trades, often out of nowhere, uh, and they were very good at taking end-of-the-rotation guys on other, player, on other rosters and turning the useful contributors or taking guys who couldn't make other rosters and turning them into useful cogs. Those were things that we thought we knew about this organization over a very long period of time, because for a very long period of time, the same actors were the same actors. It was Mark, it was Donnie, it was Rick. What, what's interesting now is that we don't know uh, how true that will be. Maybe that will still be part of this organization's DNA, right? Maybe there are certain cogs 
in this front office behind the scenes that were very instrumental in that that we don't know about. Or maybe they're just really inherently good at it. I don't know. The flip side is that what else do we know? Well, they didn't land free agents, right? That wasn't a thing that they did. They shopped well at the second tier of the market. They didn't shop well with the pre-routine superstar. So when we hear a name like Kawhi Leonard, the instinct is to say, oh my goodness, it is the same old Maverick. This will end poorly. And it still might. I think, you know, odds are it probably will just because there's only one team that's going to wind up with Kawhi Leonard. And odds are just sheer pure math that Dallas, as one of 30 teams, will not be that team. But maybe they are because the assumptions that we have made about how this organization operates, I don't know if we can still have those. You could sit here and be cynical and say, hey, Mark Cuban's still the owner. Mark has final say over things. Maybe that is why this went badly before. Maybe this is why it went badly now. I don't know. It could be true, but it might not be. So when I hear Kawhi Leonard, I'm not necessarily having the same visceral reaction that I imagine a lot of Mavs fans do because I just don't think it's wise to assume that what these Mavericks are in 2021 and how they operate and what they're good at or what they're bad at is the same as what they were even two months ago when you have this much of a shock to the system. Yeah, even yeah. even even speaking of a point you made earlier is, is that, you know, you said the, the primary actors in this front office was, was Mark, Donnie, and Rick, and crucially Rick. I think a big part of being able to take veterans and find them and revitalize their careers wasn't just the front office and Donnie Nelson and, and Mark to the degree that he was involved in, in, you know, lower level free agent signings like that. Uh, a lot of it was having a head coach that could take a veteran and see their skill set and see how it could be better used and didn't really work with most point guards. But I would say that he had success up and down the rest of the roster. You know, there's even point guards who who came here and, you know, did Raymond really well. Raymond went from completely finished to semi-useful. So that's a win. Exactly. Right <laughs> Not yeah, a huge I mean, win, but a win. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would credit like Yogi Ferrell for any of those three specifically. But, you know, that, that was a smart signing that came in. It was, it was pretty useful yeah. for, for a time. Uh, you know, they they definitely that that was their that was their calling card. Now it's very clear that going and finding scrappy players once your plan A falls apart was never a sustainable way to create you know talented right. championship contending rosters or really anything other than teams that could sneak into the back of the playoffs. Being good at that is only good to a certain point, exactly. and I think we saw over the past ten years, you know, where that fell through. It is very obvious to me that the way you get a good title winning team is by signing or trading for stars or by drafting them yourselves. Like there's really no other way about it. Those are the three methods. And this is a star driven league. Like this is, this is very simple uh, mathematics into how team building works. And when you have a player like Kawhi Leonard, who is sending out a little bit of smoke that it's not guaranteed he's going to resign with the Clippers I still would expect that to happen, but there's definitely smoke out there. You know, it's, it's not right. just the reporting is, is stuff that is being promoted around NBA circles. I couldn't tell you why. And that's the big question is it's all just posturing to make sure the Clippers uh, do sign a one year deal to Kawhi, because if he signs for one year at the max, the following year opens up like the biggest contract in NBA history, something like $240 million over five years. It could just be that posturing um, or it could be something a bit more substantial because I, I do feel like it's it's circulated through a couple different lanes of sourcing at this point and a couple different lanes of of, of people hearing about it. it. You know, it's not just Mark Mark Stein, uh, for example, uh, by 
by no means a, a slight to him, but you know, he is obviously very plugged in with Mavs people, but I feel like I've seen it both from people who have a level of internal sourcing. And if Stein's reporting it, clearly he has vetted it around the league as well, but I'm right. also hearing it from people who don't have ties from the Mavericks whispers, not things out here saying Kawhi is leaving, Kawhi is certain to leave, Kawhi is even likely to leave. But I, I think the whispers are interesting. I, I think that when you have a situation like that, and this is Star Driven League, you should try to sign them. It is very clear the Mavericks have a different situation in pitch, not just in Luka Doncic. Uh, the, the most meaningful part of that pitch is just like, look how good this dude is. Did you right. see what he did in the Olympics last night? Not but, only but also, well, and with Kawhi Leonard in particular, it's did you see what he did to your team for right. seven games? Did you right. see what he did to your team for six games last year? So right. they have a very, very obvious, very simple, direct pitch about what that could look like. And, and briefly, and I think I'll, I'll be very brief because I think I've made I I'll, I'm certain I've made this point before. My my criticism, if there are criticisms, it's not of committing to a free agent strategy. In fact, with a front office, with Nico Harrison, and with Michael Finley, assuming they re-sign his contract with, as of now, well, let's see, you know, they have clearly a much better pitch uh, to these star free agents, just generally. Right. Nico is someone who, I think it's fair, was brought in for the single primary purpose to sign for star, sign for star free agents. That's what he does. That is what he's good at. That is how he builds relationships, and he's done this for decades. I do not want to minimize everything else that he is going to be in task with doing, and hopefully at a very high level, but there's no question in my mind what the primary motive and why many teams over many years, uh, in fact, Nico said on an interview today that he's, he's been approached by NBA teams as early as 2013. So this has been almost 10 years where various teams have, have been interested in front office roles for him. Yeah. But there's one one single strength that translates best and it's this and the criticism is not that now that the mavericks are in a win now mode with luca and don't really have draft picks have a lot of them sent out and committed in various places uh i think it is probably their best strategy to move cleverly as much as possible through trades and keep trying to sign big for agents now that you have luca because eventually that is a sales pitch that should pay off could pay off. You never know. The timing is tough. You can't know when a guy's going to opt into a player option that you didn't expect or sign an extension. Um, the, the criticism is that this is the only way they tried, that they tried it repeatedly, even though it failed, that so many stars in this league are moving through trades because teams are so, so scared of losing their most valuable asset, their most valuable, their most uh, wanted player. They're so scared of losing them for nothing is that they are being very aggressive into moving them early and the Mavericks don't. And quite frankly, with Luca on the team, we'll never have a, a sales pitch or very likely we'll never have a, a legitimate pitch to go just trade for one of these guys who's now disgruntled and wants out because they just don't, they don't, they don't have it. They didn't set themselves up to do that. And they now can't do that quite frankly. Right. Yeah. And so let me, let me, I, let me build another layer of, I guess, scaffolding, verbal scaffolding over what you just said, which is the key here isn't if they go after Kawhi and miss. That in and of itself to me is not a failure. 
what would be a failure and what has been a failure for the previous decade before this one, they go on these free agent boondoggles is it's very obvious. They don't have a consistent plan B and too many times it was not just let's chase the star. It's let's let other assets walk or let's let, you know, let's keep the cap sheet clean. And if we don't get this star, it's well, let's load up for another chance next year, right? We struck out this year. Well, there's always next year. No, that can't be the plan anymore. There needs to be, in a sense, this is not dissimilar to, if you follow college football, to how recruiting works, right? College teams will, play, will chase a plan A target at their position, but the smart ones have plan B, plan C, plan D ready. And that's a little different with, you know, free agency and trades and professional sports. But what that means is if you're going after Kawhi Leonard, you better not just sit there and say, oh, well, you know, Tim Hardaway will resign in a week while we're waiting on Kawhi. We just got to keep that, you know, we, we'll worry about Tim in a little bit. Let's just make sure we've got Kawhi settled. If you don't get it's, Kawhi and then Tim Hardaway walks out the door, what do you do? It needs to be go after Kawhi Leonard, but have your plan B in place because we've talked about this on the show this summer. Whatever you do, even if you don't have the silver bullet superstar next to Luca at the end of, you know, in one month's time, that's fine. Just make sure your team's better than what it was, right? Tim wrote a good piece this week about how you could construe this team as having a way to do this in almost a two-year window to where you might not walk out of this summer with the star player, but you could find a way to do this in 2022. But a key common denominator either way is you have to add talent. This team right now is not close to winning a championship. If you get pieces this summer that you didn't have already, maybe that you, you still might not win the title if that piece is not Kawhi Leonard, but that will at least give you ammo to put in a trade. And it will give you right. another- It's a misunderstanding. Like it's so easy to trade contracts if it is a youngish player who is good and is signed to reasonable money. It is right. There's very no easy. untradeable contract. We Here. just saw it today. We're recording Monday night. Eric and Bledsoe. the yeah, Memphis, Memphis in, in New Orleans completed that deal and it moved a lot of money off the books for New Orleans. And they Which were able I to do that because really- those are decent players on not terrible contracts that were now expiring. Yeah, Memphis, sidebar, Memphis really must find something they like at 10 because that trade made me raise a lot of eyebrows. But uh, that notwithstanding, you can move, as Tim said, you can move young players on deals. If you sign a good player, you can move that player, but you have to add talent. Whatever that talent is, ideally it's Kawhi Leonard. But if it's not Kawhi Leonard, and to take this full circle, what do you ask? How do I feel about them chasing Kawhi Leonard? The answer is fine, do that, but just have a plan B because odds are you probably won't get Kawhi Leonard. If you do... Awesome. Congratulations. They're on the shortlist for title contenders. But if not, just have another plan to get something in the door that makes this team better. Or even just, even if they're not, you know, we've talked about this with John Collins. Is there an obvious fit for how John Collins fits in this front court? Not really. Who cares? Get him and figure it out later. Maybe it's you trade Porzingis. Maybe you trade John Collins in a year's time. Get a good player that you can do something with. That needs to be the priority. And if Jason Kawhi Leonard doesn't preclude you from doing that, in 40, you know, 72 hours time, if Kawhi just re-ups with LA, then cool. If it does, and you put all your eggs in this basket, like we have seen this team before, do before, then it's a problem. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting out of the of the past combos, both ones we've had on this combo and then just like generally focusing yes. on the past, getting getting to the future. Um, I, I think there is a lot of appealing about trying to get one of the older point guards that would be not on a four-year deal. And thus, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you need cap room and you've got one year of Goran Dragic, for example, that's that's one that keeps coming to mind. He has a player option, but he shares, you know, he's he's in the, the agent family as, you know, all as... And that's a situation where if you offer the right money for a couple seasons, that's going to give him more security than just opting into one, one more year uh, and, and having certainty after that. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley are the other two obvious, you know, sort of older point guards. But both of them fit that shot creation uh, roles. They fit a very short timeline where you remain competitive, but also understand that as a couple more seasons go on, the idea that you can actually trade Christoph Rosingas becomes more likely and thus unlocking enough cap space to go seriously try to sign a max free agent becomes more possible. And I don't like the idea of the Mavericks just saying, okay, well, we've got to sort of quasi tread water for another couple seasons. Okay, you don't have that kind of time. But but it's what what is treading water? Like this team was the fifth seed. If you go fill the most immediate need with a with another shot creator, like a ball handler who's actually like one you want to give the ball to, they tried to you know solve this problem with DeLon Wright and then Josh Richardson, and they were ball handlers. They could bring yeah. the ball up the court, yeah, but they were not shot creators. They were not people who right. wanted to have the ball, and certainly not over Luca. If you feel that need, like how good is this team? That that's the thing. Luca sets the floor so damn high that. If you can bring in a veteran point guard who's going to push you into that three to six range every time, just make sure you stay out of the, the play-in tournament. And that sets you up because you're stuck with this Albatross con- uh, contract with Kristaps, with which could go two ways. He could be way better, and it could be much easier to trade him. Or he could get injured again in December. And then, and then you're really kind of stuck on that timeline of, like, we need to get off this money. And it may take a little while to do that, but if you're able to bring in a point guard for Kyle, like Kyle Lowry or Dragic for two years, three years, all of a sudden you're in a position where their timelines at least match up with Porzingis' timeline and you have a functional, okay team, um, playoff team, not a play-in team that will keep winning games, will not make Luka furious at the situation that, that he's in, even right. if he literally wants to win more. Maybe you get out of the first round, show some progress. Okay, exactly. we're winning a playoff series now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and listen, it's all you need to see for proof of concept for what adding a useful secondary ball handler, veteran point guard type is, is look what Phoenix did to get the NBA Finals. Now, to clarify, none of these point guards are as good as Chris Paul. But you know what else? Devin Booker's not as good as Luka Doncic. So you could do a lot having just a steady hand who could hit an open shot, who could take pressure off of Luka, who has been through some wars, who understands fourth quarters, who could help the room. All of that is useful. And yeah, the key is because it looks like the Kyle Lowry money could get crazy, right? I mean, there, there was talk that part yeah. of why 
New Orleans did this deal was because they're going to go hard after Lowry because as whatever trepidation Dallas feels right now with Luka, it's that much worse in New Orleans with Zion. Uh, so maybe it's not Kyle Lowry. Drogic seems like a name that makes a lot of sense. Um, right. But something in that, you know, something that helps get another ball handler on the floor, hit a shot, who has a little more veteran presence, who doesn't force you to re- you know, rely on Jalen Brunson. Because I'm not out on Jalen Brunson eventually being that guy. Uh, but I think as we saw in the Clippers series, you need to have options that are not Jalen Brunson. Uh, and Rick was very desperately searching for options that were not Jalen Brunson. They need to have something else because ideally right now at this point in his career, maybe forever, but definitely right now, Jalen's probably suited to be your third guard, not the guy who you want having two close games with you on the floor alongside Doncic. That doesn't remind me of just how bad that Trey Burke contract was. Um, kind of near, neither here nor there. I mean, they they obviously threw yeah, it's out not there. a disaster. It's three million, but yeah, it's not it's not great. Well, you no, know, it's three million for two more seasons. Right, it is. I mean. Yeah, my I favorite mean, scenario they gave him a I've, player. They gave him a three-year deal with the player option. Yeah, it's quite a bit over. Like not quite a bit, but like about double the minimum. That's wild to me. Well, I mean, you know, listen. I, I think there were metrics that liked him. I, I remember, you know, John Hollinger, our own John Hollinger, was saying that he liked that deal and thought that he was one of the better backup point guards available. Um, that didn't bear fruit, but that was, you know, it wasn't like this was a universally panned move. Um, and I agree. I kind of made that point in my in my piece last week, where it's not that. I think every just about every small move the team has made, including Josh Richardson, including the JJ Reddick trade, they all there's make some sense. Yeah, there's all logic behind them that the process made some sense to me, and that's why I'm in stuck in this weird position where I am a process over results guy. So am I. But this yeah. is a results league, and when you keep missing on every little move you make, and you're just you're losing a second round pick here, you're you're not getting anything out of uh, James Johnson there. Um, which again, like that was also a move that I was like, oh, I think that makes sense. He maybe could play got a role. Rid of Justin Jackson's money, but you gave, you know, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and like even with Justin Jackson, even tra- like I don't blame them at all for this. Logically, Bird great in the bubble. You know who was playing in the finals? Cam Payne, and he was yeah. on their Legends team the like the entire season until the season got shut down. I'm not going to blame the like, campaign thing, though. Everybody again, I don't blame campaign. them. They just add up, and you they put you in a they worse do. and worse spot, right. even and if the process is totally defensible. It's just – it's it's unfortunate. I'm not out here saying that they're – it's just like you've got to hit on these. Like you that, do. that you is, do. I guess, you what I'm saying. You've got to hit on these. You do, and you especially do when you're on a clock with a generational player. You know, right. because these things, you would sit there and you criticize a front office regardless. If this team did not have Luka Doncic, you'd be like, well, where are you going? But – Irrelevance is going to hurt a lot less than if you got this kind of talent and he walks in again, not anytime soon, probably four years to the soonest. But if you blow it, it would hurt that much more versus, all right, well, they still suck. Okay, well, cool. That, that's just the status quo. Um, so, yeah, you need to hit on some of these. And who knows? Maybe this new front office, again, we don't, this is the, the brave new world. We are in the basketball unknown. Maybe this new front office is going to nail some of these things. You have no idea. I think the biggest thing, you know, just as Tim said, we shouldn't be rehashing past conversations on this podcast looking towards the future. I think the worst thing you could do as a Mavs fan, as a Mavs listener listening to this podcast, is to assume that you know how this offseason is going to go because you've seen how the last ones work. Uh, That's a foolish thing to do in life in general, but it's especially foolish when the front office has been overhauled. I don't think there's any idea how this is going to play out. I don't think it's wise to have any expectations other than add some degree of talent. That's a fair expectation. Everything else, 
I don't think we know. And I think that's some of the fun, right? Let's let's see how this plays out and not assume things because it's a fool's errand this summer. Yeah, and that's and that's why it's so hard to have a what I feel is like we can do a lot of we could have and could still do a whole lot of speculation. We're not gonna do it on this pod. We're uh we're we're wrapping up here. We're we're uh we're still in preseason form. Like that that break took some something out of us. We we got we, yeah. we're topping out at thirty minutes, you know. But you got to play around like, shape. Exactly, exactly. See, you get it. You get it. We can't go the full ninety yet. No. Um, soccer term. It's it's that it's a combination of wanting to give this front off front office a chance to show if they're different, of not knowing exactly where they're going to align with the old one and where they will. Um, and, and I do think that the best, some of the best case scenarios the Mavericks could do are these really complicated sign and trade stuff maneuvers that quite frankly, like we could talk about them. We could throw out there's ideas out there. I just wouldn't feel like it's a very authoritarian, like authoritative, but so that's the better one to use. Authoritarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different, different. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been listening to to too many podcasts, like uh, breaking off-season, down this hey, stuff. Off season form, right? We're we're like Shaq in training camp. We got about a yeah. seventy pounds to melt off our frame. We're like, good. obviously breaking this stuff down in a critical way. To be clear, um, yeah, like it's just it's very hard to be authoritative, knowing so little about both tendencies and what's really out there you know some of that's our our job to to parse and figure out and but just seeing how many different paths are present to this team right now um and not knowing the tendencies of of which which ones they're going to go down it is a little tricky to uh to to talk in in that way about this team and it's it's why i think we we did kind of shy away from talking future and, and more did go present past all that stuff like we didn't even talk about tim hardaway and honestly it's like it's one of those things where like it just depends. It just depends on what they do instead of him. And if he's, you know, if they sign and trade him in part of something that's a, that's a smart move, like I could see something like, like there's a few scenarios that popped in my head. I have no clue which one is more likely than the other. Yeah. And the same thing, like if they find a clever sign and trade to bring someone to the Mavericks and then resign Hardaway, like there's options, there's possibilities about how they could go, but the scenarios are, they're they're endless. Because yeah, I mean, case endless. in point, look yeah. at this trade. Look at this trade that went down today, right? With two established right. front offices, nobody in a million years would have put that combination of pieces together. We don't know. It just comes out of nowhere. I do think the overall mandate, especially with these sign and trades, what makes me a little queasy is just the idea that they have so few players that they can depend on right now. The idea of doing a sign and trade and shipping one out to bring another one in—that doesn't sound great. There needs to be. A net add of talent. Even if it's just one player, one player at the end of the summer here, like, okay, that guy can be on the floor in a key game. You know what? Rosters are only active rosters are only 12 players. That's pretty good in the NBA if you had one good player. So these sign and trade permutations. 13, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. You're the beat writer. You know these things. Uh, I, I know so these things. You do know these things. Uh, so the sign and trade scenarios may be a tad wary if only because I don't know what they can entice players with you know other teams to play ball with and really like that's where the that's the the really rough part of the josh richardson trade is that josh richardson is not going to give you anything value-wise whereas the hope was hey maybe he sticks around you know going into going into the year when they make this trade it's maybe he sticks around and hopefully he does but if not 
Use Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson's been a good player. He's had value. He'll still be, you know, in his late 20s. You can flip him in something to get somebody else in a sign and trade. Mm-mm. That isn't going to help you at all unless you're just taking on more somebody else's dead money. So I... Uh, they definitely traded for him and didn't need to resign him. I, I think that's... that's oh, yeah, they, no, they, I'm they saying they that was completely the, so, the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think... This was the 10th percentile outcome in the range of outcomes. And because it was so bad, now you took off the table... Well, maybe we won't resign him, but at least he'll have value in a sign trade if we need to flip him. That's out. Josh Richardson is not going to get you anything. So, yeah, if you're flipping Tim in a sign and trade, okay, you could do that, but they better be getting more talent back than what they're shipping out. And considering yeah. Tim Hardaway is their second best player right now, that's a high bar. Yeah. Well, our new tagline might be the only Mavericks podcast that is just will not have fun. Because I will be the first to admit that if I was a fan, the most fun thing is just rampant speculation. And, you know, we're just positioned not to do that. And that is why this is the only time I'm ever going to admit this on the show. Mostly kidding. But this is why there's other Mavs podcasts out there. Because they, yeah. they, they will get your fix of that. Oh, okay, yeah. And will be the boring uncles who are like, well, the, uh, the tax incentives just aren't enough for the Mavericks to make such a move. Well, son, uh, I love that you want to go buy a sports car, but have you checked your credit rating lately? (laughs) Have you financed that correctly? Did you think about this before (laughs) you went into the auto dealership today? That's us. The only Mavericks That is truly where we're staking our our joust. We've got got a couple joust, and that's where we're sticking them in, and that is is our spot in this this wild, very small world of, uh, of Mavericks podcasting. Very small because... There is one, Only and it's one. us. That's why I'm here. All right, Mike, <laughs> this was fun. We're going to get out of here. Uh, I think we'll be back. We should, oh, we'll be back next week. It's free agency. We'll definitely yeah. be back. I don't Some know how many times. you, me, and Dave. Somebody yeah. will Yeah, we'll, we'll play by ear. We'll, we'll see what's up. Um, but I suspect we'll have some things to talk about. So that should be fun, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Oh Let's go home. <laughs> it's a wrap, Doug. Yeah, that is a wrap. <laughs> Woo!